Blog Talk Radio. This is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Quiglet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey. They're off and it is on. And betting line has taken the lead. Two, two, boom! You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post-time with Mike and Mike, with co-host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozich. Smoking Gun, Shaman Hall, production Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know! That just happened. That just happened. Don't touch that dial. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And uh, we'll be joined here this morning by a, a few of the Ushua members uh, that we got to talk to this weekend. Tim Bojarski, the outgoing Ushua president. We'll also talk to the incoming Ushua president, Sean Wiles, and the founder of Worldwide Racing Photos. John Pantillion. Boy, what an exciting weekend it was. And uh, we're going to talk to uh, many of our guests today about some of the things that did happen over the past uh, couple of days. Or while, while we're waiting for Mike Bozich, uh, it, it's been a week since any of us have used our computers or anything. So we had a few uh, technical glitches. But uh, what a weekend it was at the Dan Patch Awards. Uh, I have actually done a story uh, for our newsletter, Post Times, which will come out later on today, that kind of dialogue dialogue, excuse me, dialogue my experiences uh, over the past couple of days. And boy, did I learn a heck of a lot uh, through the three days. And the Dan Patch Awards were a lot of fun. We got to meet Rick Flair. And I know a lot of people were very, very excited about that. Well, Tim Bojarski is in the on-deck circle. We're going to have him up first. When we come back, you've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich here, along with Mike Carter for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a wheelchair or scooter? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application. If eligible, you may receive funding. Again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer, driver, or owner? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2017 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2018 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through October 31st. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers, trainers, and owners. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes. 
Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the barn. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, we're joined by our first guest, Mr. Tim Bojarski. Tim, how's it going? Have you recovered yet? Uh, I'm recovering now. I'm I'm sitting by the, the ocean and uh, just enjoying a little downtime. Well, listen, Tim. Uh, we we actually spent the last uh, couple of days by the ocean, but uh, the weekend was a fantastic one for the uh, Ushua committees and the uh, United States Harness Riders. Talk to us a little bit about your thoughts uh, coming from again and kind of some of the stuff that you took away from it. Well, the banquet was an overwhelming success. We had an excellent venue. We had perfect weather. And everyone I spoke with had a great time. Um, we had all the stars of racing at our event, and we're very thankful for their support. Uh Really, they were it, the whole thing came off without a hitch, and I believe everybody really enjoyed themselves. Now, Tim, uh, obviously, uh, the the highlight, uh, so to speak, of the Dan Patch Awards was kind of the excitement of having to wait for Trotter of the Year, Pacer of the Year, and Horse of the Year. Do you think that the buildup uh, this year uh, was maybe better or the same as it was the year before? I think the buildup was great, and it was probably one of the best-kept secrets in the industry because only four people knew since December who those winners were. And uh, I know that there was quite a bit of talk leading up to the banquet, and I could tell that at the end of the banquet there were not a lot of empty seats, so everyone was staying around to see who the winners were. And that's, that was basically our goal, to keep everybody uh, interested in the production right till the very end. Now, Tim, uh, obviously, uh, besides the Dan Patch Awards, uh, we met as Ushua directors. We also met as the Ushua committees. And we, we talked a lot about how the organization has been improving over the past few years. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that and uh, the excitement we have going forward. Well, I think over the last couple of years, we were able to position Ushua for long-term success. We made some changes that will allow us to continue our day-to-day operations on solid ground, it also allows us to give back to the industry even more than we have in the past. Uh, made, the directors uh, made a lot of uh, changes to our expenditures, and uh, in turn that will save us money at the end of the year and allow us to be uh, more active in the racing community where we can help. Uh, my two-year term ended this past weekend, and Sean Wiles was voted in the top spot for the next two years, and Sean was, is going to do an excellent job. Tim, talk about uh, your experience as the Ushua president. Uh, you've been president the last uh, two years, and like you said, uh, Sean Wiles will be taking over uh, with the next two years. Talk to us a little bit about, uh, you know, kind of what that was like for you and uh, your experiences. Well, it's really a great experience to have. It's a lot of work, uh, you find out, but it's great because although you know a lot of people in the industry, you don't know everyone, and this really allows you to meet a lot more people than you might normally deal with. And uh, I can tell you firsthand that harness racing people are the best people you could want to know. Well, Tim, it sounds like uh, it was a fantastic weekend. And listen, I, I heard you had a little bit of uh, heard you had a little bit of fun uh, at Disney World uh, this week. Yeah, we broke Splash Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> How in the world did you break Splash Mountain? I saw the picture on uh, on um, on Facebook. And I'm like, how in the world do you break Splash Mountain? 
we, we got through the whole ride, and we just got to the bottom of the big the big hill to go up for the final splash, and everything stopped. And about 20 cars piled up behind each other, and they ended up shutting everything off. We had to get out of the cars and walk out of the back lot through an emergency exit. So that was kind of interesting. Well, Tim, uh, one more thing before we let you go. Uh, you did win a extra award uh, this weekend. Um, when you were down in Florida, you were presented by HHI President uh, Tom Lachento with the 2017 Clyde Hurt Media Award. Talk to us a little bit about what that meant to receive and uh, what's next for Tim Bojarski. Well, it was a real honor to be selected to receive that HHI award because there are so many excellent writers and publicists who work in our sport we're more worthy of it than I am. Uh, and then to be included on the same listing with John Campbell and Tom Charters, who also received awards uh, at the meeting, made it all that much more special. Uh, the HHI Clyde Herb Media Award has been given out since 1990 with 26 other winners, and those include people like Sam McKee, Roger Houston, and Dean Hoffman. And to be even mentioned in the same breath with people like that is, is an honor that I can't even imagine to have. All right, Tim. Well, listen, go enjoy your vacation. I know uh, I enjoyed the last couple of days of mine, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll see you back here soon. Mike, thanks so much for having me on the show, and congratulations on your breakthrough award that you received this past weekend. I appreciate it, Tim. Thank you very much. Okay, bye. All right, that was Tim Bojarski, the outgoing uh, president of the United States Harness Writers Association. And kind of like we talked about uh, just how much of a success the weekend was, um, I heard nothing bad about the location or anything, for that matter, that, uh, that went on. The Rosenshingle Creek was fantastic to all of us throughout the entire weekend. The hospitality suite where um, sort of the after party took place was a lot of fun. And uh, I got to personally meet um, a, a few new people in the sport of harness racing, people I didn't even know uh, existed, for one. But number two, which was kind of cool, some of the people that uh, tweet for us uh, every week, like Melissa Keith, uh, Dave Briggs, I got to meet her. Uh, excuse me, I got to meet him. I got to meet Megan Arsman from the Indiana Racing Commission. People like that uh, who in this industry are, you know, big names that we see on Twitter, we see on Facebook, but it was kind of cool to see what they were like when you met them face-to-face. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we've got Sean Wiles uh, coming up very soon. John Pantaleon, the founder of Worldwide Racing Photos, will be up as well. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. 
For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Have you checked out the new Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment? The Meadowlands features world-class harness racing every Friday and Saturday night beginning at 6.35. You can dine in pink, a restaurant that combines tiered dining with amazing views of the racing from every seat in the house. After the races, stop by Victory Sports Bar and Club, where you can bring the action and vitality of all your favorite live sporting events to an upscale place. Victory boasts 40 HD TVs, including 11 big screens for your viewing pleasure. For more information on live racing or to book your reservation, call 201-THE-BIG-M or visit PlayMetalands.com. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, uh, are, are you joining us? <laughs> yes, sir, Mike. Did you finally wake up from your nap? Oh, my goodness. Listen, don't ever get a Toshiba. If you see a Toshiba on sale, a laptop for $5, don't get it. It's not worth it. <laughs> well, Mike, uh, it's good to have you on the show. Listen, we we talked to Tim Bojarski a little bit about uh, the past weekend at the Dan Patch Awards. And, Mike, I was talking a little bit before the commercial break. Boy, what a lot of fun it was to kind of connect with some of the people uh, that we see on Twitter and on Facebook that we don't necessarily get to meet in person. Yeah, certainly. And, and I got to tell you, just a couple of thoughts. And I've watched the awards show now twice. Obviously, I watched it live uh, and the streaming audio Great job, by the way. It was, uh, I think Rich Johnson was in charge of that. It was super. It was spectacular. The Heathers did a fantastic job. I know the Heathers, uh, both the Heathers caught you, I think, one right after the other. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, trying to, go back, <laughs> trying to go back and forth on Facebook uh, lives between Heather Wilder and uh, Heather Vitale. Boy, they just did uh, one heck of a job. I mean, they were really, really good. The award show itself was awesome. I thought your speech was awesome. As a matter of fact, we have uh, – I put together uh, quite a few clips that uh, hopefully we're going to hear. I don't know how successful we're going to be because I'm at the mercy of some pretty bad technology right now. But uh, we've got uh, – I went through pretty much um, all of these speeches, and we're also – a quick plug uh, – going to have those on our newsletter tonight, uh, probably released about 5 o'clock or so at post time with Mike and Mike.com, the post times newsletter. And it's going to be a very interesting article because it's not going to be a typical article. It's going to go through some of the great quotes uh, from the speakers and the award winners uh, from that, from this past Sunday night. And I'll tell you what, going through that, putting those together, there's a couple of points that I want to uh, throw out there. First of all, number one, how humble all these guys and uh, girls were ladies very, very humble in their speeches. I don't know how many speeches I went through, Mike, where it was basically giving credit to the horse or giving credit to their significant others or giving credit to uh, their grooms and their caretakers. As a matter of fact, it was pretty awesome to hear so many people give credit to the caretakers. 
because, uh, you know, listen, these, those are the people that are really do a lot of work, and they are really the unsung heroes of the sport, Mike, because they don't get a lot of credit. So it was good to see, um, you know, the caretakers get a lot of love. There were some great, just some great, great quotes, um, you know, uh, off the top of my head. Uh, the Ric Flair thing, that was great. That that whole thing was great. How about the birthday present, Mike? When uh, you know Scott Robinson give uh, Ric Flair a piece of uh, Lost in Time, I thought that was fantastic. But just hopefully we'll get to hear some of these because you know I really wanted people to, and, and I know people watch the show and all that. But I mean, really, once you reflect on it and reflect on some of the great quotes from these people and, and how humble they were in accepting awards. I think it was really a, really an awesome thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the conversation uh, about Ric Flair is actually continuing on Facebook uh, this morning. And Mike, uh, let's, let's kind of, let, let's kind of dissect that a little bit. Uh, Ric Flair showed up. Um, uh, actually, <laughs> you're going to laugh at this. I started a, probably a, a pretty bad thing. So Ric Flair walks right by my table and I notice it immediately. And I said, Rick, Rick, come here. You, you know, can you take a picture with us? Sure enough, six or seven other people did the exact same thing. Not after I, long after I did. And so I'm sure Ric Flair didn't appreciate that. That's for sure. But um, anyways, but uh, you know, he, he was gifted a piece of the horse um, and, and there, there's talk from both sides of, you know, it was great. And then you hear from some that, you know, maybe it wasn't so great uh, for the sport of harness racing that some people felt that uh, it was a distraction. Uh, talk to, you know, talk to a little bit of that fact. It, it's my, of my opinion that it's free, free publicity for the sport of harness racing in an industry where we may not have a whole lot of fans. You know what, when you are begging for mainstream attention like harness racing is, I think it's hard to argue the fact that anytime you can get somebody like that involved in the sport is a bad thing. I don't know. I don't think, I don't think that's a fair argument at all. I mean, I think it's nothing but good, you know, for the sport. And uh, I mean, here you got a guy like Ric Flair and you've got, you know, he's a part of the big conglomerate that is the WWE, which is extremely popular, you know, in mainstream and, you know, listen, I mean, look at the demographics that the WWE targets. I mean, WWE targets, you know, kids from 15 years old to about 35. And, well, gee, guess what demographic harness racing needs to uh, have more of a, uh, an audience from that, that younger demographic. I mean, we always talk about how we can get the younger, de- younger demographic involved. And, you know, when you can bring a guy in like the Nature Boy Ric Flair that has that young demographic and has a big has big access to that young demographic. I think it's a great thing. So I, I don't know. I mean, obviously you were there. You probably heard some of the arguments. Con. I mean, I can't honestly. I can't imagine what they could be. Well, no. Um, I was kind of scrolling through Facebook before the show and kind of saw a few. Uh, kind of saw a few of those comments. And uh, our, our friend uh, Mike and, and I, don't, I don't know if you uh, know who this who she is. Um, it, I got to meet her while we were down in Florida. Her name is Megan Arsman from the Indiana uh, Standard Bread uh, Group. And you know, she we kind of got to chit chatting a little bit about some of the racing in Indiana, kind of the Indiana Racing Commission a little bit. But one thing that I am like super duper jealous of, she got to woo with Ric Flair. 
<laughs> and I got to tell you, that was, uh, <laughs> you know what, it, it, we've got that on tape. Hopefully we, we get to play it if our technology comes around. But but uh, <laughs> the when the right before Ric Flair came up there, and I believe if my memory serves me correctly, Jason Sotomayor was the one that introduced him. But right before Ric Flair came up there, he asked everybody to go ahead and give a woo. And everybody <laughs> tried, tried to do it. And it was basically, I, I don't know, I mean, you could probably pick up about 20, 30, or 40 voices. But I have to tell you, there were some pretty bad woos. There were some <laughs> pretty bad woos. <laughs> I was probably one of them. I, <laughs> and I don't know, you know, but, but but anyway, I mean, I thought that was a good thing. And Ric Flair came up there and he, you know, he, I mean, he admitted he, you know, he's a Kentucky Derby guy. He's a thoroughbred guy. He's not too much of a harness racing guy, you know, but, uh, you know, he did, uh, he, he went up there, he did the best he can. And, uh, you know, listen, I thought it was a great thing for harness racing. And uh, I think giving him a percentage of lost in time, I think, is a, a great thing for harness racing. But, you know, there were so many dynamics. And I, and I love watching these speeches because a lot of times you get people up there, Mike, that aren't really used to making speeches. I mean, here we are. We're kind of in the business. We're in the talking business. So I, I thought – by the way, I thought you did a tremendous job. You know, but but you're used to talking. I mean, here you get a guy up there like Trace Teacher. What was Trace Teacher's speech? About 10 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> Something along those he lines. went up there and pretty much said thank you, and that was it. Trace Dietrich was gone, and there was another one that was uh, a really – I think Ray Schnicker had a pretty short one. Uh, Chris Gooden was really short, um, and uh, let's see. That's it. Uh, mine was, mine was too there long, was, apparently. Well – <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it, it was, it, it was, no, it wasn't, it was okay, it was like right around that 90 seconds, but uh, let's I do have fast to tell forward you, real, a little bit. Can, can, I, yeah. can I jump in here for a minute? I, sure. I, I do have to tell you, so, I, so I, gave, I, I gave a joke at the beginning, nobody laughed, not one chuckle, at least not that from what was, I heard. That was, by the way, that, that was, was a terrible the joke. That happened. That was, that was an awful joke. <laughs> that was an awful joke. And you know what? And, and I got to say, you never give it time to breathe. <laughs> you went right into your speech. Right? Not that anybody was going to laugh anyway. Believe me, don't get me wrong. That's, but but honestly, no, it was a – Listen, you did a heck of a job. That was a great speech. You also uh, was the president. That was another touching moment, um, and uh, hopefully we'll get to hear some of that when you uh, introduced and presented for Charlie Williams, the caretaker of the year. I thought, you know, when he Appreciate talked that. about Arts Place and when he talked about Muscle Hill and some of his experiences, you know, um, growing up, I think that was a very emotional speech. Good for Charlie because that was one of my uh, favorites. You know, another one. Of my favorites, Mike, uh, favorite speeches was, um, and I've got them written down here, so I'll probably, I'll probably miss it. Well, first of all, what about Brian Brown? Do they get any better than Brian Brown? I mean, you could just, as he talks, you could just tell how genuine Brian is when he talks about giving credit to his caretakers. And when when he gave credit to his wife, and and I think the quote was, if it wasn't for her, we'd be spinning our wheels and not going around the track. We'd be going around in circles. 
she she got choked up, and I thought that was a pretty powerful moment as well. So, but when you hear Brian Brown talk, Mike, you could just hear the sincerity in his voice, and Bruce Trojan the same way. I mean, you can you I mean just guys that are just so happy to be there, so appreciative of the sport and what these four legged uh, you know these four legged equine athletes have given them. So. I, you know, I, I thought that uh, those were great moments. Uh, and another one of my favorite moments, Mike, that might have flew under the radar is when Anders Strom got up there. He had the two-year-old Colt Trotter of the Year, Fourth Dimension. And he went into a nice speech about how important horses were to society, um, you know, in, in the older days. I mean, he was, I mean, you know, you go back before cars, you know, people used horses for transportation. You know, people used horses to get around. People used horses to do their work, and they still do in a lot of cases. And, you know, now as modern technology has advanced, you know, now horses for, I mean, with the exception of maybe the Amish communities, horses are basically, you know, used for entertainment and, and racing. So I thought that was a, a, a very um, <clears throat> important and powerful speech by Anders Strom from uh, Courant Incorporated, owners of Fourth Dimension. Yeah, definitely. Like you said before, you know, just hearing the humbleness from just about everybody, Mike, and and that really kind of not really took me by surprise, but kind of blew me away a little bit because, you know, I've talked to Brian Brown a million times, uh, you know, whether it be in person at live remotes or whether it be at Northfield Park. And and you just hear that genuine sincerity from him all the time. Uh, How about the guys from Hoosier Park uh, winning the proximity award? Those guys did a heck of a job putting on the Breeders' Crowd. I got to talk to Rick Moore, Emily Gaskin, um, and a couple of the guys from Centaur, Mike. They did a fantastic job as well. Yeah, they sure did. And uh, all three of them uh, spoke. um, And that was, uh, you know, Rick Moore was up there as well as uh, um, uh, John Brown. And uh, who was the other one? The other name kind of escapes me right now. Um, But... uh, they, yeah, they did a heck of a job. And you talk about a deserving award. Um, Rod Ratcliffe was the other name that, that escaped me there for a second. But you talk about a deserving award, and that's Stan Bergson Proximity Award. And you could tell how genuine they were. I mean, just how happy they were and how organized they were. And we've talked to Rick. I mean, we've had Rick and Emily on the show many times. And how many, Mike, how many uh, different committees did they have working on those? Working, working on the Breeders' Crown. 33, 33 different committees. committees. Now, you were there. I had to stay back uh, here in the post on Mike and Mike Studios, but you were there. You got to witness firsthand the hospitality that they showed, not only the media, but more importantly, the racing fan. Yeah, they had a ton of promotions. The media room was fantastic. They fed us. Um, they gave us drink, whatever we needed, whatever – part of the racetrack we needed it didn't matter um we were able to go just about anywhere and um they uh treated everybody with the utmost class and respect and i remember the one thing specifically i remember after the last breeders crown race and things had finally calmed down they brought the employees up to the clubhouse and uh they opened a bottle of champagne and all celebrated with a toast and it was one of those touching moments mike where you're just like wow you know, they worked extremely, extremely hard. And, uh, you know, they are very employee centric. They're very promotional centric. They're very racing centric. And that is a huge thing from Hoosier Park. 
Yeah, and uh, we've got uh, in a few minutes we, we're going to be talking to the incoming Ushua president, Sean Wiles, uh, from Monticello Raceway. That's coming up in just a few minutes, as well as uh, the uh, track photographer from uh, Harris, Philadelphia, John Panalone, owner of Worldwide Racing Photos. But, Mike, before we get to those guys, um, I did want to bring up, of course, the main event, the horse of the year, <clears throat> Hanalore Hanover. Um, and listen, the Bur- this is, I mean, the Burks are up there, what, probably, what, two, three or four times prior. Um, Mickey Burke was the one that pretty much, um, you know, handled the, the speeches. But I thought it was a touching moment when Mickey Burke Sr. got up there towards the end. And he, and if I, I listened to this about five or six times, and basically his quote was somewhere along the lines of he's been doing this for what 50, 60 years or whatever, and he it was a very emotional speech. Um, obviously he kept he did all he could from not breaking down right there on the stage, and he said that he for 50 or 60 years he was looking for that horse and finally found the fastest mare trotter of all time. And it wasn't a long speech. It was probably about 30 or 40 seconds. But, you know, that's what award shows, in my opinion, Mike, are all about. And if you watch some of these mainstream awards, like where these celebrities get their awards, like the Grammys and the Emmys and, you know, all that, you don't sense that emotion from them um from them guys you sense the emotion here and to me that's what make that's what makes award shows great is when you have that emotion and when you have people that are just so happy and so proud to be there and i thought that was a perfect ending when mickey burke senior gave that impassioned 30 second speech about one of the greatest trotters male or female that we're ever going to see in our lifetimes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was just it, it, when he broke down, I think uh, a lot of us in the audience, uh, there, I don't think there were many dry eyes in the, uh, in that room because it was just, just the passion that he exhibited during that speech was just unbelievable. Mike, how about the hall of fame speeches? Some of those were really good as well. Dave Briggs uh, uh, was sitting at my table um, for dinner and uh when he gave his speech and of course he thanked his wife it was it was it was very nice and very cool to kind of see uh his wife's uh emotion from that but uh the hall of fame speeches were fantastic as well yeah they certainly were no question about it dave briggs is a professional and you know what and in both occasions here's how humble dave briggs is okay on both occasions his first speech he give credit to ron pierce uh, but no, he gave credit to John Campbell his first speech, uh, because his first speech was uh, the two Hervey Awards that he won. One of them was for the Hamiltonian article, and the other one was for the um, the uh, article on John Campbell's retirement. And he basically led the crowd in a round of applause for John Campbell. <laughs> that was that was the first one. His second speech, he basically talked about Ron Pierce quite a bit and how he got to cover a story of how Ron Pierce was doing one of his wacky things where I guess he was standing under some kind of uh, car that was or motorcycle or something that his son was driving that jumped over him or whatever. But, you know, Ron's, 
he's he's one in a million. But I mean, on both occasions, Dave Briggs was quick to put the attention to where it really belongs. I think in the, in, in the stars of the sport, and you know, and in like I say, Mike. I think that's the right attitude to have when you're a writer or when you're in radio or when you're covering any kind of sport, you know, when you're talking about it or when you're writing about it, take the attention off yourself and put it to the stars because that's where it belongs. And I'll tell you what, Dave Briggs is certainly one of the guys in this industry that gets that concept very well. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, just, just the whole atmosphere, Mike, uh, was super, super enjoyable. Well, Mike, we're going to take a very, very, very quick time out. Uh, we got a couple of bills we got to pay. And when we come back, uh, we're going to continue this discussion. We'll talk to Sean Wiles and John Pintelione on the backside of this commercial break. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. 12 championship races. <laughs> One spectacular night. And Father Patrick got a coast home a champion here. Breeders' Crown 2018 coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Searching up the rail. Modern legend there. Foils again. Dead game. Clear vision laid on the outside. Pet Rock on the inside. Photo finish. Foils again at Pet Rock together. At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Every dream has a start, and this one is ours. To trot and pace fast, faster than all the others, and maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks. Return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second-guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you... There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race. Not with this horse. Not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, 
your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others. And be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat. First time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter and uh, Sean Wiles will be coming up here in just a few minutes. Sean is the incoming president of uh, Ushua, the United States Harness Riders Association, replacing Tim Bojarski, who we just turned on the show a few minutes ago. Plus, John Pantalone, the guru, the founder of Worldwide Racing Photos, found that in 1972. He will be joining us here in just a few minutes as well. But, Mike, while we got a few minutes, and I know you're trying to do a couple of things behind the scenes, but uh, while we got a few minutes, I have to tell you that I was really, really, really confused on Monday. I mean, I was super confused. I'm usually confused. I'm confused in pretty much a majority of my life in minutes and days, but I was really confused on Monday. Because you were continuing your vacation down in Florida. You stayed a couple of extra days after the usual awards, and you were able to talk to our good friends and get with our good friends, Gabe Pruitt and Pete Aiello. And it was kind of like an impromptu announcer's day at Pompano on that Monday night, wasn't it, Mike? Yeah, it was. It was an impromptu uh, all-star announcer's day, and, uh, you know, it, it made it for, made for some fun, that's, that's for sure. Yeah, it certainly did, but here's the thing. Here was the funny thing, Mike. You were at Pompano. You called a couple of races at Pompano, okay? You couldn't be at Northfield on that Monday, and lo and behold, who goes to Northfield? Our man post time with Mike and Mike's very own, the natural Rich Matei. Very correct. That's that's true. Listen, he he. We listen. I called probably about a hundred announcers, and Kate from the bathroom of our hotel room goes, "Have you tried Rich?" And I went, "What?" She goes, "Have you tried Rich?" And I went, "You know, I didn't even think about that." So uh, all the credit goes to Kate on that one because uh, had it not been for her saying anything, I probably would have never even thought of him. All right. Well, we'll talk a little bit about that later on. Still plenty left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Med America. Right now, let's uh, bring in Sean Wiles. Sean is the incoming president of the United States Harness Riders Association. Sean, welcome to the program, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Well, Sean, listen, before we uh, talk about your new post, before we talk about uh, the new adventures that are to come as being president of the United States Harness Riders Association, obviously the post may be new, but a lot of the experiences won't be because you've kind of been involved right along. But first of all, before we talk about that, let's talk about your thoughts on the 2017 Dan Patch Awards. I have to tell you, I have heard nothing but rave reviews about the show itself. 
I would agree. I would say the best word to describe it would be a wow. I mean, the Rose and Shingle Creek in Orlando was was a great venue. Uh, 1,500 rooms has over 410,000 square feet of convention and ballroom space. Um, certainly a top-notch uh, venue, top-notch event. And to echo your thoughts, yeah, everybody was was very happy with it, very happy with it. And we'll give it uh, certainly some strong consideration for uh, possibly returning to it next year. It was so well-received. Um, we had over 450 attendees, and uh, it was great. It was great. We've been to a lot of places, but that one uh, certainly was at the, the top of the bar. Now, Sean, uh, we talked a little bit to Tim Bojarski earlier in the program. And first of all, it was very, very nice and very cool to meet you as well uh, in person, uh, finally. Um, talk to us a little bit about the uh, experiences uh, from the weekend. Uh, we had some exuberating meetings. Uh, we talked about a lot of things. And then, of course, the Dan Patch Awards on Sunday. Yes. Um, well, as you know, for the um, the dinner, we had a new format this year, um, which was very well received. We shook it up a little bit. Uh, Jason and Roger, you know, did an excellent job uh, at the helm there. Um, we honored some great horses and some great people, you know, Hanalore Hanover, down by the seaside, fourth dimension. And on the uh, person side, you know, Carl Becker, Dave Briggs, uh, Jason Settlemore. And it was a little special for me that um, Hawk and Walner is going into the Immortal Hall of Fame in Goshen in July. It's special for me because, you know, when I was 20 years old, I worked for uh, Hockenwalder and Continental Farms in uh, Pompano. I was the first American uh, groom and first American second trainer to work for Hawken. And uh, he was certainly uh, an international globetrotter. Um, you know, his, his record speaks for itself, but um, I'm very, very honored that uh, he's going to be recognized for that. And we also had the other Swedish uh, flavor with uh, Margareta Kleberg uh, going into the Hall of Fame uh, as well. Um, as far as the Yushua uh, meetings went, as you know, we had in some uh, new initiatives. We were trying to uh, encourage younger harness racing fans to, uh, you know, uh, explore the possibilities of uh, harness racing jur- journalism. So we created a uh, youth category of membership. Um, it'll be non-voting membership, but. Uh, you know, at least we're going to get them in, and um, it'll be younger versions of yourself. Visiting with Sean Wiles, Sean, the incoming president of Ushua, also from Monticello Raceway. Sean, let's switch gears uh, for just a minute. Let's talk a little bit about Monticello Raceway. Now, you, you got the casino that just opened right down the road, five minutes uh, away from you right there in the Catskills. Um, there's kind of been a lot of dissenting opinions on what's going to become a Monticello Raceway with the casino and with the casino right next door. Can you kind of clarify some of that for us a little bit and uh, tell us what the relationship is between Monticello and the casino? Certainly. Well, Genting is our parent company, and in their stable, um, they have Resorts World Catskills, Resorts World Aqueduct, and we also uh, one of their properties. Um, the Horsemen signed a seven-year deal from the date of the opening of the casino that um, they will be protected. Now, what I mean by that is that our purses were the highest uh, in 2013. So whatever lost revenue that we will be suffering here from the diversion of people playing the slots, there's a mechanism in place that we will augment the purse account and make up that difference and make them whole to the 2013. 
13 levels. Um, you know, this property is still here. It's still viable. It still makes, uh, you know, a profit at the end of the year. And, you know, we continue to, uh, you know, look forward to keep that relationship going with the horseman. We've got a great relationship with the horseman. Um, Alan Schwartz, president of the Monticello Harness Horsemen's Association, is a pleasure to work with. Um, we've got a good bunch of guys. And, you know, like some organizations, they are very adversarial with the horseman group. Um, I don't feel that here. You know, we're a co cohesive bunch, and you know, at the end of the day, I think I'm more horseman than I am administrator. So, you know, I can certainly see both sides of arguments when um, you know we have these discussions with horsemen, and and, and so does Alan. So it's, it's it's a cohesive relationship, and you know, we're certainly looking to continue that uh, in the future, and um, certainly well past the uh, sunset of the uh, seven-year agreement that we have with them. Now, Sean, uh, we, I talked a little bit to Tim Bojarski uh, earlier about how exciting it was to hear how kind of the organization had kind of turned around over the last couple of years and was really doing well, uh, not only from a financial standpoint, but from a banking standpoint and a support standpoint from its directors. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what you see uh, going forward in the next uh, few coming years. Okay. Um you know, we're getting a nice groundswell of some new, younger members um, in the organization. Look, I mean, gone are the days where, you know, you had beat writers and columnists at the racetracks who would work up in the press box with a typewriter, and you wouldn't be able to read the story until the next day, until it came out in the paper. Now, as you guys know, anybody with a cell phone can be a journalist or a writer and, and, and get the message out. So, you know, we're kind of shedding that old image and embracing uh, the new image. Um, certainly social media is a very large part of that, um, which is an ever-changing landscape. So we're looking to, you know, continue to get in that fold and, and, and find a happy medium um, between the writing and the, uh, the social media. Um, we still have some growing to do with the social media aspect, um, but I think it's going to be very uh, fruitful in the future. You know, we've got a lot of... <clears throat> great young people, you know, people like yourself and uh, Ryan Macedonia, Ray Catolo, and, you know, it's it's going in a very good direction. I'm very happy with that. Uh, <clears throat> at Tim's uh, tenure um, at OSHA, as you discussed, he instituted many cost-saving initiatives um, as president to secure the organization's long-term financial stability and, and viability. Um, and, and we continue to look for that uh, to trim the fat because the association is akin to a small business and at the end of the day you know you have your income and you have your expenses and at the end of the day uh, you know you hope that you come out on top um, as nice as the uh, dinner was in Florida um, it's a very expensive uh, endeavor so through you know fundraising and the raffles and the 50-50 and the sponsorship you know, we are able to, you know, continue to keep the bar high with that. And it's going to be very challenging in the future to continue that. Um, we were very fortunate two years ago when Hoosier Park stepped up to the plate with a, a sizable no donation. Um, we didn't have them this year, so there was a, a void that we had to make up. So the sponsorship committee um, worked rather hard and, and, and pretty diligent to uh, get to that, that same level. And the journal is also another... Um, fundraiser for us that works very well. Kim Rinker uh, spears, spearheads that, and 
she did an excellent job in the journal this year, just an excellent job. She's very good at what she does, and as you know, uh, Kim is now the vice president of the organization, and I look forward to working with, with Kim and uh, the rest of the board as well, you know, Tim and Jason and Gordon Waterstone. We've got a, we've got a great stable of, you know, very highly capable people who are, are very good at what they, they do. So I don't anticipate a lot of changes. Um, you know, I've surrounded myself with some good people, and, you know, we're going to let them do their job and, and, and move on. All right. Well, Sean, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. It was uh, a great, great show, even though I didn't have a chance to attend. It was uh, the live streaming was great, and it certainly caught a lot of the emotions of the moments when the uh, horsemen and everybody else were accepting their awards. And, you know, I just have to apologize for Mike Carter's speech. I mean, we worked on it for a long time, and, <laughs> and he, t- he told the joke right in the beginning. It didn't fly, uh, you know, so he had to kind of go on with it. But nonetheless, on a serious note, it was a great, great evening evening and you guys did a hell of a job and uh, we certainly appreciate the job you guys do sean i appreciate it i hope to see you next year all right thank you sir you're very welcome take care all right that was sean wiles the incoming president from the united states harness riders association mike uh, i think you can uh, definitely attest to the fact that it was a fun night and they do a really really good job i mean no question about it there's a lot that goes behind the scenes of, you know, putting that awards dinner together. And I think, uh, you know, at least from watching on the live stream and from, from seeing some of the feedback on social media and from talking to a few people and hearing some of the feedback, they really hit it out of the park. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, it, it just continues. You continually hear about just how exciting everything is and how, you know, how much it's improving and things of that sort. And it's really kind of refreshing for somebody like me um, who wants this, wants to be around in the sport until, you know, I retire if I can. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, that, that's a big thing as well. Uh, Mike, real quick, I wanted to touch on somebody real quick. And we, um, I talked to uh, Melissa Keith a bunch while we were down in Florida who regularly tweets out uh, for us. Uh, She tweets quotes. She tweets, just about anything we ask her to. And of course we run a few commercials back and forth, but Mike, I get to physically meet her in person and what a passionate human being um, she is. I got to see her during the director's meeting and uh, what an empowered and impassionate woman. She does a fantastic job for the sport of harness racing. She does a great job in Canada and she helps to kind of lead that group alongside of Dave Briggs uh, with her social media presence but when we were discussing some of the bylaw changes, uh, more specifically the junior one that was created, uh, it was actually recommended by the Canada Division, and, and they brought up some excellent points, Mike. And it's just so cool to see our counterparts uh, just across the border uh, working just as hard and as diligently as we are. And uh, it was cool to, like I said, put a name to the face. Well, you know, Harness, and despite, you know, and I know that, Harness racing has seen it's has been in a better situation before. I don't want to say it's it's seen its better days because we do think that the future can be strong, you know, if some changes are implemented for the better. But you know, the people are in place. I think uh, in a lot of respects. I I mean, racing has got some good, good, sharp people. 
working for it and trying to promote it. And, you know, and hopefully we can get it done. You talked about Melissa Keith, but I'll tell you what, she just does just about everything uh, to support, to support and promote this business. She's a very big social media presence and, you know, social media is the way to go. Mike, Sean Wiles uh, talked about it. I know we've talked about it with Tim Bojarski in the past. We've talked about it with a lot of different people about how harness racing can ill afford to miss the social media bus. You know, in a lot of ways, Mike, we lost or we didn't get onto the television bus when that was going strong. And, you know, I think we missed out on a generation of fans because of it. Now we've got another opportunity with social media. And the good thing about social media, Mike, and this is great for a cash-strapped industry like ours, social media in a lot of cases doesn't really cost a whole lot. And in a lot of cases, it's free. So we cannot afford to miss the social media bus, and that is one of the things, one of the strengths of Melissa Keith and a lot of people in this sport is they are attuned to social media, and it's very important that uh, we get we get our, uh, <laughs> for lack of a better term, our butts going on social media because we can't afford to miss another generation of fans, Mike. Completely agree with that statement, Mike. All right. Well, we're going to take uh, another time out. We're going to talk to John Pentelione. He's the photographer at Harris Philadelphia, founder of Worldwide Racing Photos. Mike, I'm excited to talk to him uh, a little bit about uh, a little bit about what he does. Uh, kind of a bridge off of our story from last week uh, that we had in our newsletter. If you didn't get, check it out, uh, we did a story on track photographers uh, and got some great, great info, great, great shots. And Mike, I think that was probably as hard as it was to write it was probably one of the most rewarding stories that i've ever written um because you got to really catch the raw emotion and kind of the stories that some of these photographers that uh faced yeah certainly and they're they're you know for the most part they're people that don't get a lot of uh i don't want to say they don't get a lot of credit because they do get credit but they don't get a lot of publicity and I think Chris Gooden might have changed that because how many awards did Chris win over the last six months? It's been a few. It's been a few, and 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 well deserved, and well deserved. And, and Mike, uh, we also hey, saw. Hey, yes. Hey, Mike. If you think about it, looking at the vote totals, he darn near won the Unsung Hero one. I think he was only three votes uh, off of Betty Holt. Yeah, and uh, Jacob Cohen uh, from Woodbine Mohawk also won an award. So. We're starting to see more photography take front and center stage. We're starting, we're starting to see more photographers become uh, very, very creative in their work as opposed to just you know taking the shots of the, the winners as they cross the line or taking the shots of the winner's circle. And this all goes hand in hand with our social media presence, Mike, because we've got a great sport. And when they say a picture is worth a thousand words, that is a lot more than a cliche line. That is true. People's eyes go to pictures, and when you see like the triple dead heat, uh, the shadow uh, photograph that uh, Chris couldn't put together, when you see photographs like this, and, and to give credit, our good friend Tom Daly, who we use a lot of photographs as well, who uh, does some work with us at Post Time with Mike and Mike, when you see those kind of photographs, and when those kind of photographs go on social media, People's eyes go to those photographs. It's a lot easier for eyes to go to photographs than for eyes to go to words. You're going to see the picture first 
before you read the words. So that's how important photography is. And I think that this type of creative photography that we're seeing starting to, you know, come around, I think will help the sport and will be a big part of the sports promotion going forward. Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement. You know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words, and uh, in some cases, it's worth a lot more than that, Mike. Uh, You know, uh, we've seen times where pictures have been worth, uh, like, for instance, I know this is a thoroughbred term, but, uh, you know, a few few years back when Real Quiet uh, was going for the Triple Crown, Tom Durkin said, uh, this photo is worth five million dollars. I mean, so some of the greatest racing, some of the greatest racing photographs, have uh, have kind of filled the sport over the past you know ten fifteen years, and it's just really cool to see the kind of hits uh, that they get on those ads. And uh, you know, like I said, it's just uh, it, it makes for a very rewarding experience for them. Yep. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to take a timeout when we come back. It's uh, John Panalone and uh, much more left on this edition. Mike, if you want to grab the studio, we'll take gotcha. a timeout. Post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Back in a minute. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's It's that that easy. easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. Have you checked out the new Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment? The Meadowlands features world-class harness racing every Friday and Saturday night beginning at 635. You can dine in pink, a restaurant that combines tiered dining with amazing views of the racing from every seat in the house. After the races, stop by Victory Sports Bar and Club where you can bring the action and vitality of all your favorite live sporting events to an upscale place. Victory boasts 40 HD TVs including 11 big screens for your viewing pleasure. For more information on live racing or to book your reservation, call 201-THE-BIG-M or visit PlayMetalands.com. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain. Rehab. Rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Are you a student looking to log volunteer hours or just someone interested in spending free time giving back in your local community? Pacing for the Cure could use your help. We need volunteers at local events to help with fundraising and to assist with the annual dinner party planning activities. Please email Janine at pacingforthecure.org for more information. Again, that's Janine at pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Pacing for the Cure annual sponsorship opportunities are available on the pacingforthecure.org website under the donor tab. Choose your sponsorship level or customize your own sponsorship package. This is a great time to reserve a table sponsorship at the annual Pacing for the Cure fundraising dinner party in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in November. As always, there will be great food, entertainment, and prizes at the annual event. 
visit pacingforthecure.org. We're back, back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Pet America. Sorry about that, Mike. Your mute button must <laughs> like have got stuck. You, but Mike, like I was telling you off the air, you have no idea <laughs> what is happening right now here at the Elkton Studios. But uh, nonetheless, we're trudging right along as we always do. We, oh, Mike, I'll tell you what. We always find a way to get it done, don't we? No matter what happens. Listen, it, no matter what happens, I, I don't care what it is, we, we still try to get it done, uh, whether we're on the phone, we're on, you know, we're, we're across the room from our keyboard, doesn't matter. We still, you know, we still got to do the, uh, do, do everything we got to do. That's right. It's, it's, so listen, it's, uh, it doesn't matter, but it is a labor of love, Mike. I'll tell you what, if, if it wasn't a labor of love, <laughs> it might go a different direction. But John Panalone is joining us here in just a few minutes. Uh, don't forget, we've got the newsletter coming up a little bit later on tonight. You can log on to posttimewithmikeandmike.com. If you want to be added on to the mailing list, uh, please feel free to do that. mailing list is starting to get popular, Mike. We've, we're starting to get some emails rolling in for the email list. So, uh, you know, the email list is great because this that way you can get the Post Times newsletter emailed directly to you. So you don't have to make any efforts. We'll we'll get it to you and and we'll also keep you up to date on some of the other things going on through that mailing list. So once again, if you want to get on the mailing list, just email us, Mike at posttimewithmikeandmike.com. It's very simple. Mike at posttimewithmikeandmike.com. And just type in at me. And uh, we'll add you. But right now, we're going to add John Pantalone to the show. John is the founder of Worldwide Racing Photos, and I have the pleasure of working with John at Harris, Philadelphia. John, how are you? Welcome to the program. Oh, terrific. Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, John, you founded Worldwide Racing Photos in 19. 19- 72 and obviously you've had a lot of experience experiences uh in the uh photography career not only involving harness racing but involving a lot of other things a lot of other sporting events as well tell us a little bit about how you got started in the photography business and how you got started in the racing business well uh it was kind of an accident uh, i got in a uh, partnership with uh, uh with a friend of mine in a photographic studio and uh, I had already had experience with uh, photography um, and um, engineering and mechanics after I graduated uh, electronic school over at Boeing Aircraft, which happens to be their main offices are still right down the uh, about a mile down from Harris, Philadelphia. And I was working there in the engineering and photography group for the uh, United States Marine Helicopters uh, in the design division. And of course, after the war was over, a lot of folks got uh, you know got laid off at Boeing, Westinghouse, uh, most of the major industries. And so I started this uh, photographic company with a partner. And um, the first three contracts that we had, which I couldn't believe, was Barbizon Modeling School, WPVI Channel Six in Philadelphia, um, with the great Jim O'Brien, and. Um, Liberty Bell Racetrack. Uh, we converted their black and white racing photos over to color. I think we were the first in the Delaware Valley 
to do those uh, great horseman's commemorative photographs uh, in color. So that's that's the basic way that we got it off to a start. Now, John, uh, talk to us a little bit about how you wound up at Harris, Philadelphia. Obviously, uh, you have a fantastic uh, photo business, and uh, you know it seems like you guys are you know do more than just horses. Obviously, talk to us about how you wound up at uh, Harris. Yeah, sure. Um, well, we were at um, when when we started doing the color photo processing, um, we not only did it for uh, Liberty Bell Park, Brandywine, Garden State Park. But um, and then from the film error into the digital error, and um, guys across the country, other track photographers found out that we knew how to do this process. And at one time, we were doing 12 racetracks across the United States. Um, California was a big uh, source uh, for us with the Southern California Racing Association, Golden Bear, Great Bear, Sacramento Raceway, and here on the East Coast. Uh, Buffalo, Batavia, Northfield Park, and, you know, and many others. Visiting with John Panalone. John's the uh, founder of Worldwide Racing Photos. John, you mentioned uh, a couple of racetracks that are no longer with us. And as a matter of fact, last year at Harrods, Philadelphia, we had nights to remember those racetracks. Garden State Park, Liberty Bell, Brandywine, such great racetracks in their heyday. Talk a little bit about your experiences at uh, those particular racetracks. Well, over at, um, yeah, over at Brandywine, um, we were that we got hired uh, by um, uh, the publicity uh, director there, and his son was doing the uh, photographs in black and white. We converted it over to color. After he retired, uh, they wanted us to take over the entire operation there, and um, and so we did. And over at um, over at Brandywine, there were so many great activities there. Uh, Stanley Dancer with Albatross and and many others. Uh, at Garden State Park, we had a chance to work with. Uh, I, I remember the the horses and the personalities. Of course, probably the biggest race there was the uh, uh, Jersey Derby with uh, Spendabuck. But we also had a chance to work with, uh, believe it or not, Cab Galloway, Ron Jaworski, Pete Rose, and I guess the biggest night ever at Garden State Park was the night that Bill Clinton was there. Um, he was on that bus tour. He had appeared at the Meadowlands, and on his way back to uh, D.C., they had him stop off at uh, at Garden State Park. And boy, what a rally it was! In that great Crystal Paddock, um, they had the Dolls playing the Bristol Stomp, and there's Clinton up there playing sax. Right after that, he went into the Winner's Circle with a horse who had a lot of wins there, Bubba Clinton. Yeah. And uh, I was one of the few photographers that had the clearance to get within 15 feet of the president-elect. And, uh, of course, I was close enough to hear, to see him pet that horse, look Bubba straight in the eye, and he said, Bubba Clinton, you're my namesake. I hope you win all your races. Very, very touching <laughs> moment. As I, as I should have, with politics aside... <laughs> but it was, it was a great night. 
Well, John, uh, talk to we talked we talked a little bit about you know some of the problems that we have on our program as far as technical stuff go. You still kind of get through it. Um, talk to us as a photographer. What what happens in your situation if you if the camera stops working or you know if something doesn't go right? Or do you still have the ability to kind of go back to? Uh, and I know I'm showing my age a little bit here. Go back to the yeah. 35 millimeter, so to speak. <laughs> well, we well we came up a way to conquer all this. Uh, when, when we went to uh, from film to digital, um, we knew we needed a backup. And what we do is we use cameras with a redundant system in it. You know, they have the little memory cards. So we have a memory card that we shoot the races on. If anything fails with that, it's also in the camera on a backup card. And when we get them from the racetrack, I've got them on two backup hard drives on the cloud and at both racetracks. So anything goes wrong along the way, sometimes it does. Uh, we have plenty of backups and uh, insurances that we will, in fact, get that final product. I learned that all at Boeing. you got to have a backup. Absolutely, no question about it. Uh, John, listen, one more question before we let you go. Um, obviously, shooting horses, uh, as far as uh, photography is concerned, obviously, uh, is kind of an art. And, you know, it's something that is that we have seen grown over the last 20, 30, 40 years. And we've seen social media kind of take a part in it as well. We were just talking about, you know, some of the photographers nowadays kind of utilizing that social media base. Where do you see uh, photography, uh, that relationship with photography and horse racing moving forward? Well, the um, in a way, the I'll try to put this a special way for you. In a way, the technology has helped us because it has enabled us to do things better and faster and more accurately. Uh, but it has hurt a little bit uh, because a lot of the stuff goes up on the internet in the clear. You know, it is a livelihood for myself and my staff. So, and sometimes instead of Selling that extra picture or two, uh, folks would just copy it from the uh, from the internet. So you know you got to kind of go down the middle. It's the part of it's the part of uh, doing business. But uh, these horsemen have an awful lot invested in in these great horses. A lot invested in time and effort and money. And so our job is to come up with a really good commemorative photograph to commemorate that treasured uh, win. And uh, that's what we do each and every day and will continue to do. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, one thing about it is, is, uh, you know, there's one thing about looking at a picture on a computer, but there's another thing when you've got a winning horse or you've got a nice horse and you've got that picture up on the wall, you know, in the barn or at your home. I think that, uh, oh, you that's bet. Uh, a lot better than that. Uh, that's uh, a lot, John, that's a lot better than looking at right. it on a computer screen. Right, that's right. I saw that uh, in that wonderful night where we commemorated the three racetracks because folks were coming in there from pictures going way back, and they had them mounted on plaques and in fancy frames. So when you see things like that, you know you did a good job. Absolutely. Well, John, you're one of the best in the business. We certainly appreciate you joining us. Uh, Warm weather is coming around. The meet's getting ready to start at Harris, Philadelphia, which means I'll be seeing you in about a month, my friend. Okay, good. We'll see you then. Again, thanks for having me here with you guys today. All right. Thanks, John. Sure. 
That was John Panalone, the founder of Worldwide Racing Photos. Great, great guy. Um, and, you know, he was, Mike, here's one of those people that we, you know, come across. We come across uh, a lot in our, <clears throat> we come across this a lot with our guests on Post Time with Mike and Mike here on this uh, show. People that have had an opportunity to see racing in their heydays back when Brandywine and Liberty Bell and Garden State Park and tracks of that variety were Roosevelt tracks of that variety were just rolling along with 20 or 30,000, 40,000 people in the seats. And, uh, you know, it's, it's good to hear some of those stories and it would be even better if somehow we could figure out how to do that again, Mike. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, getting people into the sport of harness racing is uh, not easy to do. But you know, when we when we have people like Ric Flair, for instance, at uh, at our meetings, Mike, um, you know, it, it really kind of helps drive that new crowd. And Tim Bojarski actually just posted a uh, story, Mike, uh, from a news station who is carrying the fact that Rick now owns a part of Lost in Time. So, so the yeah. traction from the weekend is continuing to grow. It's reaching a new set of fans. And uh, you know what? That can only mean uh, good things for the sport. Speaking of that, did you have a chance to catch the news piece on Foiled again? I did. I I, uh, was in the airport yesterday, and I told Kate, I said, I need to borrow a pair of headphones. I want to make sure uh, I check it out. And what a fantastic job uh, that CBS did. Are Are you laughing at my inability to have a pair of headphones? No, 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 not that. Oh, because I was in the airport. And yeah, just, just, just go ahead. Just go, keep, keep going with your thoughts. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, well, you know, I thought it was a really good piece. I thought CBS uh, did a fantastic job with it. Go ahead and tell me why you're laughing. No, no, we'll we'll talk about that later. No, honestly, it was a good piece. It really was. I thought it was uh, awesome. Hey, when you talked about Ric Flair and you talked about Foiled again, however we can reach out to the mainstream. And Mike, honestly, this is the way I think about it. And then we'll go to a commercial break and then we'll wrap things up. But here's how I think about it. Okay. We've, we talked about how we lost a generation through not getting on, jumping on the TV bandwagon, you know, about the failure of getting a lot of our races on TV for the most part. We had some of our races on TV, but a lot of times we kind of missed that boat and bandwagon, okay? And in the meantime, casinos cropped up and other forms of entertainment, you know, cropped up. So that was kind of like a perfect storm to put us where we are today. But here's the good news about this, in my opinion, okay? We've got a lot of people out there, a lot of people out there, and I'm talking about throughout the world, that don't even know that harness racing exists. And, you know, certainly that's a bad thing in a lot of situations, but that's actually a good thing in my opinion because, you know what, we can repackage our sport and introduce it as something that is completely brand new to a lot of people. People love new things. People love shiny new objects. I love a shiny, the look of a shiny new computer on my table right now. I know you do too, Mike. <laughs> People <laughs> love shiny new things. So can we package up harness racing and introduce it as something brand new, being that it's fallen off the radar so far? I say maybe we can. I like your thoughts on that. I never, I never thought of it in that sense of it. 
Yeah, well, I think we can. I think we can. It's a, it's a lot. I'm going to tell you, if you go to the restaurant or if you go to a restaurant, if you go to a, a bar or go to the movies and you start talking to people, you know, a lot of people, when you say you work in the harness racing industry, a lot of people give you that puzzled look, you know, what what, what is harness racing, you know? Um, you know, you might get a few people that say, oh, is, uh, is that kind of like the Kentucky Derby, you know, but a lot of people don't know what harness racing is. <laughs> when I say a lot of people, I would probably, I probably mean a vast percentage of the people around the world don't know what harness racing is. We can actually get that to work in our favor, Mike. Maybe we'll uh, write something in the newsletter in the next couple of weeks, some kind of how we can get that to work. Yeah, no, I like that because you know if you present like you said, people like new stuff, and if you present it like something new that you know maybe hasn't been around for a hundred years at first, and then say, you know what, this thing has got so much rich history. Here it is. You know, you may drag some people in. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we have a a great chance to do that. So uh, you know, hopefully we can do that and. Quite honestly, we we better get to doing it because if we don't do something soon, you know it's uh, it, it's not going to be pretty. But nonetheless, uh, we thank all of our guests. Uh, we're going to take one more quick time out, uh, Mike. If you want to once again jump on the reins, jump in the driver's seat in the studio, we'll take one final time out and we'll come back to wrap things up on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Have you checked out the new Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment? The Meadowlands features world-class harness racing every Friday and Saturday night beginning at 635. You can dine in pink, a restaurant that combines tiered dining with amazing views of the racing from every seat in the house. After the races, stop by Victory Sports Bar and Club, where you can bring the action and vitality of all your favorite live sporting events to an upscale place. Victory boasts 40 HD TVs, including 11 big screens for your viewing pleasure. For more information on live racing or to book your reservation, call 201-THE-BIG-M or visit PlayMetalands.com. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the barn. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. 12 championship races. The captain, not to be denied. One spectacular night. And Father Patrick got a coast home a champion here. Breeders' Crown 2018, coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Pitching up the rail, modern legend there. Foils again, dead game. Clear vision laid right on the outside. Pit Rock on the inside. Photo finish. Foils again and Pit Rock together. back on 
This edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by IBM Computers. I mean, Bet America. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly listen, not brought to you by Toshiba's, I'll tell you that. <laughs> listen, for those, for those who don't know, we've been dealing uh, over the past uh, hour and a half or so, we've been dealing with computer problems. Mine hadn't been used in a week. And it was dead, apparently, so it was locked up and frozen. Mike's been having computer problems on his end. Between the two of us, uh, we're going to have to figure something out uh, before next week's show, that's for sure. But uh, let's talk Well, listen, about- you know what, Jay? Listen, well, hold on a second. You know, John Panalone brought up a good point about always having backups. And, you know, that's one of the things you learn about when you're in radio is you have to have some backups. If you're – if listen, if you're – Look at it as a football team. If your number one quarterback goes down, you know, you got to have a number two ready to go, ready to rock and roll, you know, or or else it could be problems. So, you know, it's it's one of the things you have to do. Real quick, I know you want to talk about the newsletter, but there's two things I want to bring up real quick, Mike. Number one, just getting back to the awards and wrapping those up. Number one, how many <laughs> – how many jokes were there made about the Cleveland Browns during that award ceremony? There were quite a few. Can we not That's talk about one. that, please? Let's talk about two or three of those. <laughs> right? Even even butting up right to the horse of the year, they were talking about the Cleveland Browns on stage. Jason Settlemore and, and Roger Houston was. And, and uh, how many times did Joe Sabraco say, listen, we've got the winning Browns on our team, of course, talking about Brian, Brian Brown and family as opposed to the Cleveland Browns. That's number one. Number two, there were a couple of really – nice words said and, and you had one a couple of nice sentiments in your speech about Sam McKee. So I thought that was really, really cool. Um I think Rich Johnson was the other and a few others said some nice words about uh Sam and how much of an influence they were in their careers. But speaking of Sam, you know, we're coming up on the anniversary, the one year anniversary of Sam's passing. And we're gonna pay homage to Sam on our Post Times newsletter coming up uh not today but next thursday so make sure you keep an eye out for that and we'll do plenty of promotions with that on uh, we'll be promoting that quite a bit on social media just to kind of remind everybody yeah definitely uh it was uh that was one thing i think that was probably hard for everybody mike uh was the fact that uh, sam mckee was not there uh we did have a moment of silence for him and the other ushwins who had uh passed on in some of our meetings but uh it, it was tough to hear and uh you know it was good that to see some of the people uh kind of raise those sentiments up to sam and uh you know kind of tributize him that way yeah it certainly was um so anyway next week post time with mike and mike.com uh, the newsletter is going to be all about Sam. Uh, we're going to kind of celebrate his life. It's going to be the one-year anniversary of his passing. I think the one – yeah, it will be next Thursday. It will be the one-year anniversary of uh, Sam's passing. So we're going to kind of celebrate <clears throat> the the uh, the life of the great one once again. Sam McKee, that never gets old, Mike. He's had so many great race calls and was such a great human being and touched so many, so many people's lives. So uh, that will be coming up. Uh, next week's edition of the Post Times Newsletter. We've got a newsletter coming out tonight, Mike, at 5.30, uh, well, about 5.30, 6 o'clock, and uh, that's going to be a good one, too. And, uh, hey, if you're on the mailing list, you get it mailed right uh, right to your doorstep, so to speak, Mike. Yeah, definitely. You get it mailed right to your door, and, uh, you know, that'll come out. Uh, that normally comes out about an hour or so after the uh, Post Times Newsletter uh comes out and i tell you mike it's uh it's one of those things that uh you know we've really enjoyed working on i was super impressed that i was able to get a couple of 
punch a couple of articles out this week uh, considering everything uh, that was going on. But it's interesting how much you can get done on an airplane, that's for sure. Yeah, well, it certainly is when you're sitting there doing nothing on an airplane. Yeah, no question about it. Mike, take us home. Wrap things up, my friend. All right, buddy. We'll see everybody back here next Thursday with a first post of 1030. Check out the Post Times newsletter. Check out the archive, betamerica.com backslash the barn. And uh, I forgot that I'm running uh, the studio show over here, so I guess I should start the uh, start the close. And uh, we appreciate everybody taking time out to listen to our show. Hopefully you checked our ad out in the Ushua Journal this past week. We'll see everybody next week. First post, 1030. Good night, everybody. Stay here I know